And uh, greetings from uh, the beautiful evening here in Jamaica. Is that where you are? I forgot to mention this last week that yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I, I hear the tree frogs. Where, where are you? Uh, we are in uh, the Grand Bahia Principe. <laughs> Very nice. See, I'm overlooking the disco, and at any moment now, it's going to start up. Uh, well, it's usually me that's uh, doing this from some far-off place, but this time it's you. Well, how very cool. <laughs> uh, indeed. And uh, the other side of it, too, from a technical perspective, is I don't have the home recording studio system here. I no. lugged part of my gear, but not all of it, of course. And so this is basically a live-to-tape show. So oh. anything I've screwed up or you screw up, it's just going straight to air. There's no fixing it in post. I do like the tree frogs. I, I'm a big fan of that. It makes me <laughs> take me right back to the Caribbean. Have you, you, got a, have you got a glass of rum or something with you? I've I got a pina colada. Mm. See, I, I'm a martini man to the core, except when I am on vacation, then it's girly drink central. I, okay, at least you're, you're aware. <laughs> yes. I've never been to Jamaica before. You know what? Neither have I. I've been all through the Caribbean, but I've never been to Jamaica, so you'll have to take notes. You know what's odd about this whole experience is whenever I've told somebody that I was going to Jamaica, um, I got the exact same reaction from every single person. They proceeded to tell me how I could score weed. Yeah, I know. My sister's going tomorrow. (laughs) Is this like the Amsterdam of the Caribbean? Because not only did every friend uh, I know say, okay, this is what you need to do if you want to score some weed, um, but the bus driver who took us from the airport to the hotel directly um, went through the whole spiel about, you know, this, these are the parishes, and, and this is the history of the island, and uh, by the way, uh, weed is illegal here. However, however, if you want some, and then da 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 da, da it was the strangest experience. <sighs> Jamaica, where it's always 4.20 in the afternoon. <laughs> there are no problems, there are only situations. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, how long are you there for a week? Uh, we're here for a whole week. Okay, well, uh, well, enjoy. I'm sitting here with my the last bit of 21-year-old Japanese whiskey. Ah. Uh, but I'm booking tomorrow my trip to um, Singapore, and I'm booking it through Narita in, in, in Japan, and that's where I go to the duty-free and buy some more. And just to pick up some booze. I actually route my trip through Japan so I can buy booze, yes. The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Hmm. Or or the government of Jamaica. Live from Montego Bay, Jamaica, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Flo Rida. Bruce Dickinson, the Bruce Dickinson, has gone from Iron Maiden to piloting, well, it's it's the world's biggest blimp. To what terrifying two-sentence horror stories, including one that will keep any new parent up at night. We'll introduce you to the only Bluetooth speaker appropriate for Wonder Woman, because it's transparent and will look really slick in her invisible plane. And we'll tell you what the most sampled song is of all time, and you'll never guess what it is. Plus, the Geeks and Beats update on your wacky Sony camcorder giveaway and why Michael's getting a body cavity search when he lands in Toronto. Mm-hmm. The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. No, are you, uh, you're on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the patio or the balcony? I'm out on the balcony. Mm, okay. Um, and it's a nice week? 
It is a very nice suite, although I've, I've got a, an asthma problem, a really bad one, and so whenever I come to a place like this, inevitably we have to change to a different room because the, yeah, the, the mold and mildew is terrible. It turns out it's mostly the air conditioning, so we just turn the air conditioning off and leave the door open and everything's fine. I want to party with you, Ombre. I really do. Yeah. You, and, you and your inhalers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the black metal name generator, right out of the gate here. Did, did you did you try yours? No, I thought we'd do it live to air. Okay, well, I, I've done mine. I want to see if I get the same one. Okay. Oh, no! I, I, oh, okay, so you only enter your first name. Really? And, and yeah, um, I got something else last time, but I just entered my name now, and I am Bayhurt Darkerd Alan Durd. Is this even even realistic? Mine is Michael Dirk Tormentor exclamation mark. I like yours. Okay, I like yours a lot. But I'm gonna try do it again. Oh, um, okay, but think... this is the problem: is that there, there's no science behind it. Like the last one, when we we did one of these uh, music name generators, at least you got a sense that it, there was something to it. I tried it again. I am uh, Lucium Darker Alanom. What is your fascination with these things? I I just want to see, I. When I was a lot younger, I was in a bunch of different bands, and the worst thing about coming up, the worst thing about being in a band is coming up with a name. Ah. And any time that there is something that helps anybody come up with a name for something musical, I'm, I'm all in. And uh, I, I wish I had had some of these things back then. All right. I'm going to warn you as well that there's a good chance that the audio quality on your end is going to go all pear-shaped, largely because... Uh, we're, again, recording this on my end, live to tape, and I am at the mercy of the Wi-Fi in the building. You sound really good at this end. Yeah, you don't. No. Oh, From time right. to time, well, you drop out. It's probably the guy in the room next door downloading porn. Yeah, probably. Or your wife. Iron Maiden singer launches the world's longest aircraft. Have you seen this thing? Brian? D- uh, it's huge. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson is a, an airline. The Bruce Dickinson. The Bruce Dickinson. He who wears to- gold diapers. What? Come on, back to the Saturday Night Live, more cowbell sketch? Don't remember that part of it. Oh, uh, you got to watch it, man. Uh, all right. But anyway, he's he's an accredited airline pilot. He flew 757s uh, for a very long time. I guess he still does. But he was um, he was in the left-hand seat or right-hand, whatever, seat for um, uh, uh, an airline called Astraeus, which went bankrupt. But now he's he's involved in this thing called the Airlander, and it's basically a giant balloon. If you remember the Thunderbirds... This thing looks like Thunderbird 2. Oh, the fabulous Thunderbirds, yeah. It's 300 feet long, 91 meters. Yeah, it is big. It can uh, lift 50 tons. And his company, I mean, he's got a, uh, he's worth a lot of money. And his company is, is the, um, is, is, is launching this thing. And he's going to fly it. And apparently he wants to fly it around the world nonstop. Well, he could probably pull that off if I'm reading this correctly. You know, when the zombie apocalypse comes, he can stay airborne for up to three weeks and carry 60 tons. Yeah, so this is kind of like um, the Cloud City and Captain Scarlet and the Mr. Rods. No, you're too young for that. You don't Way understand. too young for that. Yeah. Okay, never mind. No. But, it's, but uh, it's filled with hydrogen. Isn't that a little iffy? You know, didn't we learn this wait, lesson in what, like no, 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 1937? It's, it's, no, 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 it's filled with helium. Oh, I thought this was filled with no, hydrogen. No, no, no. This is according oh, to IndiaTimes.com. It is dwarfed by airships of the past, such as the German Zeppelin, the Hindenburg, filled with hydrogen. Oh, sorry. I missed the rest rest of the sentence. Yeah, you're right. It's the Hindenburg that was filled with hydrogen. hydrogen. This is helium, which is far more stable. Yeah, but uh, it's far more expensive because we're running out of helium. Did you know that? I did know that. Apparently, there's, uh, there's Texas and a few other places where there are helium stores deep underground, but we're running out of helium 
even though it's the second most abundant element in the universe. It's just hard to get on. Well, it's hard to get on Earth. It's not hard to get in space. Yeah, well, you go get some. The weird thing about this aircraft, the Airlander, is that uh, apparently it was built for the U.S. military, and after they delivered it, the U.S. military went, mm, changed their mind. Why would they do that? Well, well I mean, it's, it's not exactly a stealth object. Well, no, but uh, listen, for, for heavy lifting, it looks, uh, I would have one of these things. And so this is the, the man behind Iron know. Maiden doing this. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do with it, but I, I kind of like it. Well, you certainly well, couldn't tether it in your backyard. No, no, you can't, but uh, that's pretty cool. It's a lot of helium, though. It's right. a lot of helium. Mm-hmm. A lot of helium that you'll have trouble getting. Uh, apparently so. Yeah. What, what's this about two-cent uh, horror story? Ah, okay. I've learned two things. One, that whenever I click on a link to load the next story that we're about to talk about, your <laughs> Skype goes nuts and nuts. Um, and uh, two, uh, that uh, these are really terrifying two-sentence horror stories. I like I like brevity. I, um, okay, we'll we'll talk about this, and then I want to talk about six word short stories. Okay. See what Reddit had done. Reddit.com had put an all call out for people to come up with their most creative horror stories, but they could only be two sentences. So I thought I'd give you the list, and then you could go through it and pick out your favorite, and we could do it all spooky like. I woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first, I thought it was the window. Until I heard it come from the mirror again. That's good. Okay. My favorite is number five. A girl heard her mom yell her name from downstairs. So she got up and started to head down. As she got to the stairs, her mom pulled her into her room and said, I heard that too. It's good. It's very good. Now, if we can just... Okay, we'll put this in the show notes so you can read some of these. I never go to sleep, but I keep waking up. Ooh. The one, the one that uh, that really creeped me out uh, is actually tied to my daughter. When uh, we had our kid, my wife would not let me buy the ultimate high-end baby monitor with the little video screen built into it. For some strange reason, my wife thought it would be important that our infant have privacy. <laughs> right. Okay. That was right. my reaction too. Let's talk. Let's let's have this conversation when she's fourteen. Precisely. Uh, so we got the old-fashioned baby monitor, which was just the 2.4 gigahertz where, you know, if the neighbor two doors down picked up their cordless phone, you could listen to their conversations kind of uh, unit. Mm-hmm. And I always had this creepy fear that I would hear a voice on it. And Dr. Device, number eight on the list of the 20 terrifying two-sentence horror stories, reads, I awoke to the sound of the baby monitor crackling with a voice comforting my firstborn child. As I adjusted to a new position, my arm brushed against my wife, sleeping next to me. That's good. I like number 12. I can't sleep, she whispered, crawling into bed with me. I woke up cold, clutching the dress she was buried in. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, this is this kind of stuff is very, very clever. Um, so, which brings me to the six-word short stories. Okay. I'm going to just type this in here. Six words. Yeah, you're going to want to type it in because if I type it in, then no, your Skype connection goes nuts. Yeah, so there's a there's a uh, website called Six Words Six Word Short Stories. Uh, let me just read some. You're not a good artist, Adolf. <laughs> that was all you needed. That's all you needed. But the best one ever is one I think uh, Hemingway wrote it. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Oh, isn't that good? 
That is very good. It's almost the same kind of mental calisthenics as writing a haiku. I know. Voyager still transmitted, but Earth didn't. Okay, I'm going to open up this link uh, to the totally transparent speaker, which you reported on, on a journalofmusicalthings.com, and I will continue to talk in the desperate hope that by the time I finish doing so, it will have loaded, but it is slowly loading, so no, it's taking a while. Uh, this is, uh, you write, there was a time when speakers were giant boxes made by companies like Sirwin Vega, Klipsich, and JBL. Klish. 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 Sorry. Uh, but if you look at this thing, uh, it is really neat. It's got a, um, a metal base where the electronics live, mm-hmm. but the driver is a completely transparent piece of perspex or plexiglass or something. I've seen some of these. When we were at the CES, they were showing off a lot of these devices where you could attach them to like the window in your home and turn your entire uh, living room window into a speaker. Is this the idea? Kind of, uh, except this is a Bluetooth speaker. It sits on a... On a um, um, it sits on a little stand, yeah. On a stand, right? And uh, if you go to their site, it's called the Clearview Clio. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of pictures, and as you go further and further through the pictures, it gets harder and harder to spot the speaker, right? Uh, in in the in, in the photograph. So and this is going to give you a higher quality audio reproduction than, say, one of those Bluetooth speakers that I, looks like a little pill from Dr. Dre. I, I, I have I have no idea, but it's certainly cooler, and I think it's three hundred and fifty dollars. It's not available yet, but if you wanted to have, I mean, we talk about the wife factor all the time and the, the spousal approval uh, approval factor. Right. Uh, this one would be actually pretty good because it only takes up how many square inches on a on a counter, mm-hmm. and and you see right through it. It's it's completely it's completely transparent until you it accidentally is, whack it. Until yeah and, yeah exactly, uh, and and I can see that. But if you were to put it up on a because it's a Bluetooth speaker, if you put it up on a shelf someplace, you would never whack it. Right. You just need to hide it somewhere, and then you just, because it's Bluetooth, you're not hitting any buttons on it. Yeah, exactly. So it is just the coolest. I would like to have one of these things. I tried that on the uh, the sound bar. Remember we gave away a sound bar a couple of episodes ago? Yeah. Uh, so they, they sent me one as well. Sorry, dude. I don't don't need one. That's okay. Yeah, I had a feeling you wouldn't. And uh, so it sits on the dresser in the bedroom. And the only problem is, is that if you leave it in the on position, every time you walk in with your iPhone nearby, it'll blink blue to indicate that it's connected. And then when you leave, it'll blink blue again. So at various times uh, in the night, it will connect and reconnect. And ultimately, it's, it's like a little disco while you're trying to sleep. So I ended up having to pull the plug on the thing. Hopefully this one, this transparent speaker, doesn't have that problem. Mm, okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, have a look at it. I'll, again, I'll put this in the show notes. And you can look at, uh, go to the uh, the photo gallery and see if you can spot it in these uh, in these bedrooms and living rooms and wherever else. I sort of feel that the world has one too many Bluetooth speaker systems already. Well, I, I think so. And, and how many do you, you know, I need one. I, I, I'm going to have to get one because I, I need one when I travel and I do a lot of traveling. And, and I'm tired of listening to music either through earbuds or or the speakers on the on the computer, on, on, on my little MacBook Air. Uh, so I, I really do need one, but I want a, a, a small one that sounds great. And I haven't... Are you really listening to that much music that it's that important to have it available? What like, do I do for a living? Well, I know. No, 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 I, I, I do. And sometimes I spend hours in the room. And um, 
on, working on stuff between meetings or whatever else, and I'm often many, many time zones out of sync. So I, I mean, what? There's nothing on TV, and, mm-hmm. and I need something just to distract me. So when I'm on vacation, nothing is more enjoyable than dialing up CNN International. I do like CNN International. Uh, it's way better than CNN Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, that and the and BBC World. Those it's, are the two things I like. My, my favorite CNN International guy is Richard Quest, the British guy. You remember this guy? Yeah, this was I the do. guy who was busted in uh, New York Central Park with uh, various um, male sex toys and apparently a lot of <laughs> drugs in his pocket. Should we be talking about this or are we going to get busted? Well, he disappeared for a while, went and got himself all cleaned up, and now he's back on the air. And I'm really happy for that because he was actually an excellent broadcaster. Okay. Well, Great storyteller. Well, all right. Uh, on the topic of stories, I've been spending a lot of time uh, on the Business News Network talking about Bitcoin. And I have to confess, I, I couldn't really care less about really? Bitcoin. Oh, it's, it, it, the, the technical problems with it, uh, particularly with Mt. Gox and, and the, the hacking that's been going on, this is not at this stage in the game an alternative real-world currency, no matter what Mark Andreessen, the inventor of the Netscape browser, will tell you. Uh, but uh, you found an alternative to Bitcoin. Well, this is interesting. It's called song, uh, sound, sorry, Songcoin, which is another alternative currency. And there are lots of them. There are, there, there are plenty of these these, uh, these different types of um, virtual currencies. You've got Ripple. Uh, yeah, you've got, um, what else have you got? You've Pure got coin. Dogecoin or Dogecoin. Yes. Pure uh, coin. Yeah. Namecoin. Uh, yeah. And these are just the ones I'm reading off what you wrote. <laughs> right. So there's a, Songcoin is apparently something that you can use to pay and tip musicians. Um, enjoy. I, I, I mean, I don't. Why, I, I, why would I pay or tip a musician beyond buying my iTunes song? I, I, listen, the whole idea behind the virtual currencies is to eliminate the middleman, and sure. I, I guess this is what Songcoin is all about. Until they sort out, I, you know, I, I listened to a guy on the radio this past week after the whole Mount Gox thing went down. He was trying to explain the whole issue of bitcoins, and, and the radio station that I consult for. Uh, Indy 88, they're giving away a Bitcoin, which, when the contest started, was about $1,000. And now it's down to about... Uh, it's about 400 bucks, isn't it? Uh, let me check. Um, Bitcoin exchange. And, and that's the other problem with Bitcoin, is that it is such a volatile currency that like, there was a, a story I read uh, out of Wired magazine of, of a reporter who, in 2009, bought a Bitcoin as a reporter for the purposes of doing the research completely forgot all about it and he, he paid like a hundred bucks for it at the time and then you know turn around 2013 the thing was worth 150,000 bitcoins wow <laughs> a, a uh, u.s equivalent dollars i should say yeah uh 622 canadian as of right now yeah and there's a there's an atm machine company based out of vancouver that now yeah. will will do uh bitcoin to canadian dollars and it just all sounds very iffy to me. Yeah, you know, and here's a question that I have. Uh, when you buy a Bitcoin, you go to this ATM, and you put in, let's say, $100. Uh, where does that $100 go to who? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's there yeah, a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, and how do I know the, the Bitcoin that I get? You know, it's, it's, listen, please save your emails. I don't want them. Uh, I'm going to sit on the sidelines and just kind of wait this out for a bit. You, you said something interesting, though, about the point of a virtual currency is to eliminate the middleman. And when it comes to a music-based 
um, Bitcoin-like product, Songcoin, that we're talking about here. The middleman, isn't that interesting to say that it's now iTunes? They were yes, the underdog. They were the outlier for the longest time, and now they're not. That's true. It would be uh, not only them, but any retailer, the record label, uh, the publisher, anybody that would take a piece of any kind of action between the fan and the performer. On the topic of fans and performers, Moog Fest, as you've described it, the coolest geek musical festival in the world, question mark. And I, I have to, before we go anywhere, I have to take issue with you. Uh, putting a question mark in a headline, always a bad idea because you always know the answer is no. It's, well, but it's, no, that's not true. I think this really is. No, no, I'm, um, not, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that whenever you put a question mark uh, in a headline, open up that news article. You know, will, uh, uh, will this kill you? And the answer is generally no. Um, but you do point out that it may be the coolest uh, combination of geek and beat outside of this big show. Yeah, it's uh, in Nashville, North Carolina. It's coming up on April the 27th. Uh, they have the Pet Shop Boys, Kraftwerk, MIA, and a bunch of other people performing. But then there's also all the uh, music and technology-related sessions that go along with this. For example, wouldn't you like to sit in on a session that's entitled The Math and Science of the Simpsons and Futurama? Yeah, that's fascinating. The, the guy who did the Futurama theme song, uh, I think it's Tang... I don't know. Ting, sorry. Christopher Ting, T-Y-N-G. Um, the bass of it is so overwhelming that you you don't even really realize it's there. But I like to crank the theme to that show and really make the, the family room rock. I, I've never noticed that. Okay. I'll check that out. Uh, Google of, in the future of audio, dance, dance, dance to Let's Dance, a master class by Nile Rodgers. That would be great. Uh, Nile Rodgers, of course, a big part of the last Daft Punk record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pioneers of Electronic Musical Instruments, Ooh, science, fiction, science Fiction and the Synthesized Sound, Sonification and Cybernetics. I don't know what that is. But then How to Hear. What? Hear, yeah. How to, I guess, listen. How to hear. Uh, you know, and I posted this, and then the PR person from MoveFest contacted me and says, Hey, would love to give you some uh, media accreditation. Ooh. And I thought, wow, that would be great. Are you going to pay for my trip down to North Carolina? Well, no. Yeah. But if you would like uh, you know, to interview somebody associated with the festival. I said, okay. Who so could we interview? Uh, sh- listen. Um, the Pet Shop Boys are going to be part of it. Well, why don't I Craft send this? work, MIA. Yeah. Why don't I send this woman a, 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 um, an email and say, hey, what do you got? And we'll get them on the show. We'll get them on the show. Sounds like yeah. a plan. Okay, so then we'll do that. In the meantime, Moogfest, this is a tribute to the to the late Bob Moog, the inventor. No, Moog, 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 Dr. Bob Moog. I'm, I'm just screwing with you. Uh, the guy who invented the, the modern synthesizer. The modern-day synthesizer, yeah. So um, this is, again, this is what we do. It's an intersection of, of beats and geeks. I think it's great. Geeks and beats. Geeks. Hey, hey, dude, you spelled my name wrong in the last I know, episode. I know, I know. Shut up. And the most sampled song of all time is. Mm-hmm. A- hang on, I, I got to o- open up the link, and, and no, no, no. we're not going to hear just, the answer to the question. No, I was just savoring the last bit of this twenty-one-year-old Nika. Dude, I got to tell you, pina coladas, and getting caught in the rain—just two things you just. Oh. I've been waiting twenty-two minutes many, and forty seconds for that joke. How many lockers were you stuffed in as a kid? 
I was never ever stuffed actually in a locker. I was stuffed into a shower stall. <laughs> With in your underwear class. pulled up over your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Atomic Wedgie Central. Ah, okay. Okay, so the most sampled song of all time is not James Brown, uh, James Brown's Funky Drummer. It no. is not the Amen Break from the Winston's Amen Brother. No. According to the BBC, it is... Fab Five Freddy and change the beat, specifically the B-side, which was, uh, which features a, a, a female rapping in French. Um, I had no idea, but if you look deeper into this whole story, you'll find that Fab Five Freddy and Change the Beat have been sampled more than 1,500 times, which is more than anybody else. According to whosampled.com. Sorry, over 1,200 times. Over t- this one song has been sampled over 1,200 times. Now, James Brown is the most sampled artist. He's been sampled over 1,500 times various songs. Mm-hmm. But this one track has lent itself to 1,200 other compositions. And what I do you think it is about the track? Well, there's a, there's, there's, there's a couple of uh, breaks in the track that allow, that, that just scream, sample me, take me, excise me, use me for something else. Mm. Including there, there's a bit at the end of uh, the B uh, side, uh, side two, uh, where he goes, ah, this is so fresh. And it's sung through a vocorder, and that's turned up in a bunch of places. But I had no idea that it was in so many places. Here on The Big Show, we uh, make a point of looking for new technology uh, that clearly is evidence of a solution looking for a problem in the first place. And at uh, a Journal of Musical Things.com, you report on a whole new level of technology we really didn't need in the first place. Now, another example of a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Um, what these people did was create some sort of high tech ice cream cones with embedded capacitive sensors that. Uh, are activated by you licking the ice cream that's in said cone. Now, is it actual ice cream in the cone? Because I'm yes. looking at the cones here, and the cones look like plastic cones. Now, well, the, the cones are plastic, but the ice cream is real. Okay. So you, depending on how you lick this ice cream, you get a tone, you get a sound, and then if you have three other people with you in your band, you could actually create a, a song. So now, they have this, this group called Lickistra. Of course. And... Um, Anyway, they can hear in terms. So it, it, does the music change depending on the ice cream, I'm thinking? Because if it's Rocky Road, then you're definitely figuring it's country. Oh, God. If it's gelato, it would probably okay. be, what, Euro Trash? All right. What, what, uh, I'm not even going down this road. I will say, <laughs> I will say, I will say that, please, God, do not tell, tell Gene Simmons about this. Ooh, Gene Simmons and his tongue. Because that would be a one-man band. I, I think yeah. the gelato joke was better than the Gene Simmons okay, joke. Go to geeksandbeats.com. Tell us what you think. Uh, on the topic of, of finding another solution to a problem that never existed, um, over at uh, Wired, they were looking at uh, this new rear-view mirror that Nissan has come up with. And I know I, that you're a big fan of car technology, so this one I thought would be right up your alley. Yeah, I think this is a terrific one. One of the things, one of the limitations of a rear-view mirror is that it? You can only get so much rear visibility, and if you have a particular, you know, sports stars have very small rear windows, and you can't see out the back. Sorry, I'm loading up the uh, the link here while he's trying to talk. Uh, all, yeah. right. all right. But basically, this incorporates a rear view camera 
into your rearview mirror. And I think that's brilliant. I, I why didn't anybody think of this before? What makes it particularly interesting is that um, when you look through your regular rearview mirror, not only do you see um, what's at the rear window, but you're also going to be seeing the headrests of the seats in the back seat. Uh, we have that problem with my wife's CRV. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, by using this 1.3 megapixel video camera that's mounted on the back, it live streams the feed to the LCD monitor that's actually hidden in the mirror. And what you can do is you, you can use it as a regular mirror, but you can also turn on the camera so that you see that full view. Nissan's been very big in uh, putting cameras on cars. They were the first ones to do the bird's eye view. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating, where they um, put the, the, the cameras in the side view mirrors and then used a computer to stitch all of the images together so that you got actually what was a top-down view. And I had never seen that before until I was at the auto show. Now, that's a pretty cool thing. My wife's car has a backup camera, but it's only engaged on the nav system mm -hmm. when the car is in reverse and you're actually backing up. Why couldn't you put that real-time into your rearview mirror and offer that kind of option uh, rather than, you know, for example, when we have a, one of the reasons we have a CRV is so we can load up the back with crap, you know, if we're taking furniture or garden supplies or whatever it is in the back. Right, because your car is not in any way, shape, or form capable of doing that. No, no, no. What my, is it you've got these days? Every, every time uh, I talk to you, it's a new no, no, high-end no. automobile. Uh, it's the same one I've had for three years. It's just you know, I, I have self-esteem issues, and, and I need to compensate. In, in You're order. really self-conscious about bringing this up. I've never met a man more self-conscious about a high-end vehicle well, I, uh, who didn't want people to know he had a high-end vehicle, except for the fact that you drive the thing around all the but time. I, but I bought it for me not to show, not to show off. Well, I'm asking, what is it? It's a 911. It's a Porsche 911. It, it, it is, yes. Is, is it cherry red? No, it is called the Block Edition. It's a limited edition, 2012. Uh, there were 1,911 made, mine at number 368. Okay. How tall are you? 6'1". How big is your shoe? Ten and a half. I have no idea what you're compensating for. <laughs> Uh, my parents uh, denied me toys there. <laughs> okay. That's what it was. All right. But, you know, my car is technologically, and, and as, as, a, as a driving machine, is fantastic. However, as a vehicle loaded with gadgetry, my wife's Honda beats it hands down. Got a question about music, love, that suspicious rash? Ask Alan anything. Call 323-319-NERD. I'm asking a question for, uh, for Alan there about Brave New Waves, an early to mid-80s CBC uh, channel that basically was the introduction to most of us back in the day of, uh, as far as all the college music or the alternative music uh, brought to us by Brent. Any uh, where are they nows or behind-the-scenes stories with that, or did it, in fact, uh, shape your music listening? Thanks. This is Jason uh, from St. Thomas, Ontario. Bye. Yeah, I used to listen to Brave New Waves all the time when Brent Banbury was on it. I was doing uh, a lot of club shows, an awful lot of club, sh uh, club, club nights, I should say. So I would be driving home, uh, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, and to keep myself awake, I would find whatever I could on the radio, and I would often fall on... Uh, break new waves on 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 CBC, 
And um, man, there was a lot of—I mean, I heard a lot of stuff there that I had never heard, ever heard anywhere else. It was—it 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 was a good show. Brent uh, still works for the BBC uh, for the CBC. He is—he's um, got a Saturday morning show. They keep changing the name of it. I don't know what it's called now, but he does a Saturday morning variety show for them. I used to—I used to be a contributing. It was called Go at one point, and I was a contributing editor for that. And I'd show up every three or four weeks to do something on the program. Not anymore, but I used to. Is it just me or has the CBC stepped away from that kind of programming? Well, they've uh, got CBC Radio 3, which is uh, all indie music all the time. Uh, Radio 2 has gone a little bit deeper into that sort of stuff, with the exception of the midday block between Monday to Friday. So Radio 1 um, is is pretty much, you know, hardcore CBC kind of programming 24-7 now. Oh, I know. Every time I get into a cab, it's the CBC on it. I want to slip my wrists. Really? You know what it is? I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Is is it's not? No, no, no. What what kind of cabs do you get into? Um, just regular Toronto cabs. All I right. got to tell you, a, a lot of Canadian, and I talked to the cabbies uh, about this because I'm fascinated about the, the backstory of a lot of these guys. And and usually the cabbies who have the CBC on are the ones who are recent immigrants to the country, and they're using it in part to absorb the culture and the English language. Which, All right. which, to the CBC's credit, is is a very important and valuable thing. No, uh, but no. as as a radio nerd, um, like I mentioned off the top of the program, I, I felt it was important to mention that the production quality of this show, because I'm here, not at home, is is through the floor. Because I'm frankly embarrassed by it. Uh, where when I listen to the CBC, the production values of the CBC are just terrible. Yeah. It, if I hear the same 70s guitar twang on As It Happens, I just bang my head against the, the glass of the door in the backseat. Yeah, of the there, there are some things that they really haven't updated for quite some time. The, the four and a half seconds of dead air between the, the, the newscast and the weather guy, because yeah. the newscast is in Toronto, but the weather is done out of the national thing, and the local guy didn't get the timing right, and... Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I know. Okay. I know. I know. Have you ever sat in mass control at CBC Radio? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I have. I, I have, probably burst it. into flames. Well, it's, it's rather interesting. Yeah, you probably would. It's rather interesting because um, when you do, for example, like I said, I was doing CBC Go on Saturday mornings, and it would run locally at 10 a.m., which means for the Atlantic time zone, we had to start at 9, right? And uh, it, was, it was fascinating because they had the master control clock, and uh, they wouldn't even have the audio up to listen for the newscast because they knew that everything was going to be to the second. So uh, when, when the newscast uh, was on, they, it was silent. There was no audio whatsoever. And at four minutes and 21 seconds after the hour, they knew that uh, they had to go back to live programming. See, what bothers me with the dead air and all that kind of stuff is when I worked at CFRB 1010 in Toronto, I uh, did a lot of network programming where it was my job to be on time. It is, I did it. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out timing. You just need to keep attention to it. And so whenever I, I hear dead air on the CBC, it just drives me crazy. I, I think the, I used to work for a guy in private radio who spent an awful lot of time uh, working as a technician at CBC, and he was a big proponent of the take a breath before you hit the next element kind of operating. And that's actually, I think, not so much sloppiness as it is, that's the way we do things around here. Mm. 
Yeah, well, they need to bring it into the 90s, let alone the 21st century. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We have, uh, I was going to say four co-producers for this episode, but looking at my mail here, um, all four donations appear to be from the same listener. No, really? Victor Biggio. This is the guy from Costa Rica? Uh, He's the expat living in San Francisco. Oh, he's San Francisco. If you go through his letter, you'll find that he was in Costa Rica for a while. Yeah, he sent us this message, and that was really nice to hear. He says he gets a great joy each week in listening to uh, two Canadian masters of their work chat about all things music and tech in a format I can enjoy so easily anywhere in the world. Well, how very nice. Thank you very much, Victor. I appreciate that. And the next time I'm in San Francisco, which uh, may be sometime in the next couple of months, I'll let you know. Indeed. Uh, and so uh, he's uh, living abroad now, as you pointed out, uh, Costa Rica. And uh, I, I can understand how someone would go hunting for you because he was looking for the, for the uh, uh, your, your big radio show, The Ongoing History. Um, but then he mentions me in my days at 680 News. And I'm like, uh, seriously? You remember wow. me? I know. How weird is that? I don't remember you then. Yeah, you don't remember me at all. (laughs) That's quite all right. Wow, that's uh, very nice. Oh, did I tell you? Okay, since we're talking, and he uh, he has a miracle traveling log of traveling. He does. This was the neat thing, too, is that not only did he appear to be uh, dropping uh, 100 bones on the big show, because all it takes to donate is 25 bucks. He did so four times, and then went out, got himself a mug, took a photo of it in Maui. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he got his mug because I ordered mine during the show last week, and uh, it's still not here. Oh, really? No. Well, you know, you should complain to someone about that. <laughs> I, I will. I got a I got a shipping notification saying it, it's it's coming. Oh, excellent. Okay, this is the second mug we've gotten from far afield. The first one uh, came uh, from as far away as Australia. Did you uh, take your mug to Jamaica? No, I did not take my mug to Jamaica. Oh, well, you should have. Okay. Uh, in April, uh, on, the, on that topic, speaking of, of, of bringing things through customs, we're, we're in the, the little shopping district here, and they've got, like, uh, all sorts of drug paraphernalia. When, when, <laughs> when, when, when you're coming back from Jamaica and you're bringing drug paraphernalia with you, is that for, not like begging for no. a body cavity search? If you're coming back from Jamaica... That begs a body cavity search. Oh, great. I mean, you'll, you'll find that, oh, hello, puppy. What a nice dog. That's so nice they bring these animals to keep us company in the customs line. Yeah. Yeah, you just watch for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. We really appreciate uh, the support, uh, Victor, which brings it up to a point uh, that I wish I could remember the name of the viewer, the listener who had uh, written this in, suggesting that maybe we have some sort of tiered um, support program. Uh, where it's not 25 bucks, it's more if you wanted to contribute more. Okay. I, clearly, Victor's managed to figure a way around it by just donating four times. Right. But but do we need PayPal... to have some sort of tiered system? PayPal can support that sort of thing. Well, maybe we should. I'm I starting mean... to feel like Goldie from PBS. Let me consider this. There has to be... Okay, what episode is this? This is episode 46. 46. All right, well, why don't we... You know, we've got the 50th episode coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start shilling now for $50 donations? Oh, $50 donations for the big five zero. That's right. If you want to contribute the regular $25 um, up until then for shows 46 47 48 49 But what, what's the added incentive of spending more? 
there's got to be some numerological thing that we can come up with. We got to give something in return for that. So yeah. how, how about we, we we bandy that about between now and episode forty nine? Okay. All yeah, right. We'll do that. Uh, By the way, uh, when when I'm, I'm April twelfth, I'm going to Mauritius. I'll take my mug oh, if I get it. I'm sure, yes, if if it arrives. If it arrives, maybe you should just have it shipped to Mauritius. Too late, but maybe I'll have another one. Brian Spencer wrote into us about our segment on sad songs, and it says it reminded him of how music suddenly mattered to him on a whole new level after his mother passed away. And he said what, what he would do is he would listen to his music while doing his lunchtime walks, and he became a whole lot more sensitive uh, to where the song was going in its lyrics. And he points to the Bare Naked Ladies song, Jane, uh, and uh, he says, The bitter sweetness was fully realized, and I empathized and missed my mom. I had to stop and cry for a while before I could continue walking. Another one was Thomas Dolby's I Love You Goodbye, which has got nothing to do with a girl. It's got to do with uh, falling in love with Cajun country. Hmm. And, and of course, you related uh, the, uh, the Ricky Lee Jones song, We yeah, Belong we Together. No, I was going through a terrible breakup. Yeah, we never really fleshed that out, did we? No, it was a terrible breakup, and it was a, it was a bad time in university. Mm. Uh, let's just leave it at that. I got through it, and now I never want to hear that song again. All right. So uh, thank you very much for writing in. And again, uh, I failed to mention as we go back to uh, the traveling mug, uh, we have both a ceramic mug uh, for your in-home use as well as the uh, Miracle Traveling Mug of Traveling, which will hold uh, liquids of both hot or cold uh, through the the miracle of science, really. Uh, And if you want one, all you need to do is go to geeksandbeats.com. It's in the swag store. Or if you're uh, high-tech like me, go to geeksandbeats.com slash swag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our gadget giveaway this week, we were talking about how last week we got far too complicated demanding people make a video of some sort or or post a picture or or what have you. Uh, And so we we dialed back the requirements for you to win this fantastic uh, HDR MV1 from Sony. And And we got a grand total of one entry. One entry. Okay. Uh, When's the deadline for entries on this one? We've got two more episodes to go before we put it out to the vote. Now, there's no need to put it out to a vote if Patrick Henry Charles is still the only one who um, submitted an outrageous review on his Facebook page. Here's what he wrote. Uh, Lucky for me, I was able to find the last copy of Geeks and Beats in my local Five and Dime. It basically answered all of my questions, musical, existential, and medical, uh, the suspicious rash. Pretty hard to believe that these two guys, Alan Cross Official and Michael Hainsworth, actually met in prison and devised a plan to hatch the world's greatest podcast and to bust out at the same time. Not only do they know music and tech, but their suggestions for alternative uses for a roll of toilet paper are pretty impressive as well. Listen and be amazed in iTunes or on your shortwave radio. It's what we do. Thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, that's good. Now, can anybody do better? Exactly. Can you do better than Patrick? So what you need to do is go to your own Facebook account, on your Facebook wall, uh, type in your review, and add, uh, uh, as Patrick has, which I think gives him the edge here, uh, a link to the iTunes uh, store on it uh, and a link to the actual show. And what was funny was that immediately following him posting this, a friend of his wrote, Very happy for you. Never heard about them before until your post. Just had a look at their page, etc. Very good. So, exactly. We, we seem to have done something um, that that's what we. That's the desired outcome. Right. We were trying to get people to, to encourage their friends and family and relations uh, to all go to the, uh, to the site and subscribe as well so we can boost the uh, the ratings on the big program. Yes, please. please so, Patrick, please. so far you're in the lead. And, Alan, as I just <laughs> noticed, you've written at the bottom, congrats, you're the only entry so far. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a well, really cool camcorder, too. It is a really cool camcorder. Yeah. It really is. Who's this guy who wants to make salami out of Kanye West? Well, this is a... a I don't I, I was on the radio in, in Toronto talking about this this week. Uh, it's a company called Bite Labs. Okay. I have no idea whether or not this is... They're, 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 they're serious about it, or it's just a really elaborate hoax. But if you go to the bitelabs.org site, you are confronted with a really good-looking piece of salami. And the <laughs> caption is, Eat Celebrity Meat. Bite Labs grows meat from celebrity tissue samples and uses it to make artisanal salami. What? Now, so Yeah. So you've, we've heard, of course, about uh, how people are trying to... Grow tissue for, like, burn victims, not well, for, and not not for hoagies. That. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. They, they are. Because you know how environmentally devastating raising cattle can be on a planetary scale. And listening to Kanye West. And Well, that's true, but let's not go down that rat hole. Um, but but the whole thing here is that they're trying to find ways to grow meat, edible meat, tasty meat, in, in a lab. And uh, Bite Labs is apparently part of this whole thing. And they have targeted four celebrities for their tissue. And uh, How are they getting a hold of Kanye West's well, tissue? Well, they're not. They're, they're, they're not. They just say that they're going to do this. So let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about the Kanye West salami. All right. Um, it will pull no punches. Heavy, boldly flavored, pure Kanye West meat will blend with rich, coarse ground pork, Hungarian paprika, and Worcestershire. It'll give Kanye an underlying smokiness spiced up with hints of jalapeno. The Kanye salami is best paired with strong, straight bourbon. Um, I might be interested in the Jennifer Lawrence salami, the J-Law salami, which will be complemented by a mixture of rabbit and pork, a charming and confident flavor profile. The J-Law salami is coarse ground in a rustic style, smoothed with notes of honey and spiced with orange zest and ginger. Always surprising, this salami will never fail to entertain. And then there's James Franco, and uh, which I would never is touch. that just a limp meat? And then Ellen DeGeneres, and you, well, uh, uh, oh, it's blended with ostrich. So, awesome. for so yeah, so for anybody who was saying fish, stop. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes, and watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.